0: Power, pop, pop. Power, pop. Power, pop, pop. Let's go pop, pop. Let's go
1: Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop. I'm David. I'm Jordan. This week, we're going to be talking about Guardian of the Witch. We're joined by our guest, Kami Jace.
2: Hello, I'm Kami Jace.
1: Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. (laughs) Here I am.
1: Here I am
2: once again. Shonen fought the musical. Yeah, just do it. Just start singing it.
1: Once more with feeling, we're going to have Joss Whedon. Well, he's a little problematic, so I guess we'll have to find someone else. Yeah.
2: Let me see if I can get Alicia Keys on the phone.
1: Perfect, perfect. I'm actually going to be having a friend of mine who is a musician in Nashville that will be on the show in a few weeks. So shout out to Dan Harrison. Check him out on Spotify. To get into the series itself, Guardian of the Witch is set in a fantasy world in which humanity lives in walled cities to protect themselves from roving monsters called evils. These cities are protected by teenage girls, witches, that have been given magical powers by merging them with the essence of these evils called seeds. Our main character, Captain Fafner, is assigned to be the protector of the fire witch Mana Safa. However, after rejecting the orders to kill the witch due to her corruption by her seed, he, the witch, and her caretaker Nada decide to escape the city in search of a cure, their ultimate goal being to end the need for witches. After a time skip, it's shown that they've managed to find a cure to the seed's corruption by working with magic scientist Drake. Drake creates a magic ring that inhibits witch's powers and stops the seeds from corrupting them.
0: Hey David, you want to tell me the name of the witch one more time? Should I redo that? No, I'm just making fun of you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> it's Manasfa. Manasfa. That's a terrible name.
2: It is pretty confusing because they change it around a few times though. One time it's Manasfa, then it's Manasufa, and we're like, hello, which is it?
1: Yeah. You sound like Final Fantasy spells.
2: Yeah, right.
0: The thing where they add in the U's, because, you know, when you say those words in Japanese, it probably does sound like Manasufa. Right. Like, I think that's an example of the Romanization. Right. But the actual localizers decided to go with manasva. It's
1: confusing.
2: It is quite.
1: That's a problem we've definitely seen in some of these mangas is they obviously are not having their A-list translators on them. Yeah. So you get, like, a lot of inconsistencies. Like, in Golem Hearts, they change the spelling of characters' names, I think, a few times. So it's just kind of confusing reading, like, the early section versus the later section.
0: It also just happens. I mean, it happens in One Piece, too, all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like this manga tries out a bunch of different things. It never really lands on what it actually is. They
1: retcon a ton of things in this series.
0: There is so much stuff that is set up in the first chapter that is either completely disregarded or forgotten about. I really get the sense that he wrote the first chapter as like a one shot and then tried to expand on it, but somehow wrote himself into a corner.
1: So actually, he did create a one shot in a different magazine called Jump Giga. Oh. So you're not far off that this was originally a one shot. Oh, yeah.
0: The reason I say that is because, well, the first chapter looks and acts almost exactly like Attack on Titan. Yeah. The way it's set up, you start up with this pretty elaborately designed town. There's walls and they're being attacked by these evils. Yeah. And the only thing that can stop them is the witch. hmm So you think, because they're going to all this effort to build up the town, and they build up the government, and they have, like, a map that has the different parts of the town, and the witch tower is very well designed, Mm that you think, oh, so this is going to be a MAGA where they're, like, sneaking around town trying not to get caught or something. No, they just leave the town. (laughs) Yeah, and then they go to a series
1: of extremely similar-looking towns. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, but with way less effort. Because of these walls, every single town is literally a rectangle, so there's not like any diversity really in how these towns look. Well,
0: there's one town that's more of a circle, but it's described as a smaller town even though it looks way bigger. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest thing I can point to as an example of where it falls apart or where the efforts stop being given is that the first witch tower we see in the original town looks like very interesting and well designed. But when we see witch towers in later towns, they're just a fucking castle turret. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that might be attributed to the fact that the towns are just smaller. Maybe they're not as funded or whatever. Yeah. I will say, though, the one thing that kind of upset me, and maybe if it was a longer series, we might have seen more of it, but the one thing that kind of upset me is that we didn't really get to know more about the government and everything else that was in place. It just kind of mentions, this is the guy who's in charge of the witches, and these are the guards and the guardians, and this is a witch. Right. And that's it. Okay, bye. Yeah,
1: Think that's something to delve into in terms of what you didn't like and things you would have changed about the series. Yes, that's a really good point, though, of just how the series, just as you can see, we all had different interpretations of what the plot was. Shows kind of the series just really didn't know what it wanted to do. Moving on to the characters, I would say there's probably six, like, notable characters in the series. The series itself has, like, maybe nine characters that actually have names, so it kind of shows how they really over fixate on some of the characters. The main character, though, is Captain Fafner. He's a guardian of a witch, and what it is is he is, like, her sworn protector, but the twist, as noted, is he ultimately is the one that's going to have to execute her once she gets too corrupted by her seed of evil. So a few things. First of all, when you hear
0: Captain Fafner, you're probably thinking, oh, he's, like, some grizzled old guy. No, this This is Manga. (laughs) Yeah. He's like a 14-year-old boy who's really good with a sword. And his sheath. Yeah, he uses his sheath a lot as, like, a second sword, which, (laughs) yeah, that was cool when I saw it in Rurouni Kenshin. The other thing is, the manga's very confusing as to what a guardian actually is, Mm -hmm. because... In the first chapter, it's like, oh, you have to guard this witch and make sure she survives. And also you have to kill her because she's going to be corrupted and turned into a demon. But also, oh, it turns out this comic is also Zatch Bell. Mm-hmm. And you have to work with her on some kind of fighting team. <laughs> yeah. Which they didn't know at all till they ran into a totally different guardian and a witch. Who just explain that? You might
1: also want to explain what Zatch Bell is. Oh, yeah. Now I have to figure out how to explain Zatch Bell. <laughs> yeah, You go ahead. So Zatchbell is kind of in that long lineage of Pokemon style things where you have like a master and then a creature that fights for them. Yeah. We talked about a little bit in Golem Hearts where it was kind of a similar concept. So essentially, though, what's going on in Bell is you have a guy who has a book that has a list of magic spells that when you read from the book, your partner, like this little demon guy, casts a spell. But this series makes it backwards where the witch actually channels her magic through her guardian. So she's casting magic and then her guardian is actually using the spells that she's casting.
0: Yeah, that's not the impression the manga gives in the first chapter. No.
2: It does set it up kind of late, to Jordan's point. It probably would feel better had they been in the initial city for a while. Yeah. Figuring this out and then deciding to leave instead of just being like, now nah, we out, homies.
1: Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> So is there more you'd like to add besides him essentially being this young captain that apparently is completely unaware of one of the core fundamentals of how the series works?
0: See, the problem is that when I say the main character is an anime young boy who's good with a sword, I think you can immediately figure out what his personality is. Yeah.
2: He's the Naruto theme, if I can put it that way. He's like, wants to be the greatest, wants to be the change in the world, but also is a child. Like, Mm -hmm. cool
1: yeah i think also another big element is that his family was killed by evils in front of him and so because of that he really really hates evils
2: where have i heard that before this is just attack on titan at this point
1: it, it really is when i was writing the description the first sentence literally describes attack on titan and i was trying to think if there's a way to make it or not and i was just like nah fuck it just part of the series that literally it pretty much sounds like attack on titan
2: attack on titans but with magic that is a little bit more defined yeah
1: it's Attack on Titan
0: with a way less novel and interesting art style.
2: Yeah.
1: Attack on Titan, though, is pretty great, so definitely recommend checking it out. Should we get into the next main character? Yes. The witch? What's her name, Jordan? Manasva. Jordan, I feel like over time has just become the official pronouncer
0: of things.
2: Manasva.
0: You've never been that great at pronouncing names since I've known you.
1: Jordan, <laughs> I'm great at saying names. <laughs> All right, David. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you laughing at me, comic guys?
2: No, of course not. Why would I? Kami Heiss.
1: He's like, I've never seen someone butcher that name quite like no,
2: that. No, you didn't.
1: <laughs> We're having fun here. Anyway. Jordan, like, give us the lay down on the other main characters. Minasva, she's
0: kind of a put-upon girl. She has, like, two pigtails, and she's... I'm blanking on how to describe her, because there's just not much to these characters, if you can't tell. She's sort of a... So one of the big issues with this manga is how it treats women in terms of they are people who are meant to suffer, and Mm -hmm. Manasfa is absolutely an example of that. Like, when it's revealed that Fafner has to kill her, she's like, yeah, no, I know that. You should probably kill me. Honestly. She hates witches, so she hates herself. Mm -hmm. She thinks
1: it's best if she died.
2: Mm -hmm. No more witches ever.
1: Faulkner, like, his dream is to remove all witches. So, like, they make a deal where they're like, oh, you will be the last ever witch.
2: Yeah. And to the point that it treats women kind of weird and not good, the large reason that they kind of come together is not because she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't like witches either. Let's go. Yay. It's more like, I want to make your dream come true, guy. So let's do this. I like what you're saying. Me, just a witch. You, the guy. Let's do it.
0: There's a moment later where she almost explicitly says that and I got so angry. (laughs) Oh man. So there's a point where she's talking to this one witch who has an eye patch. And just so you guys know which witch I'm talking about, which witch is this, <laughs> which witch is which, where she's like, uh, no, you don't have to die. And I know that because my guardian sees me as a normal girl which means that you're a normal girl too. And it's just like, it just feels like, so the only will to live that you have is that your guardian thinks you're not a freak.
2: Yeah, it might've felt better had there have been any non-male guardians in the manga at all, but they're all dudes. So it feels kind of like, oh, I have to get this validation from the guy with the sword. (laughs) For me to not feel like a tool.
0: Oh, so much.
2: By the way, they use that word too much for my own comfort. Um...
0: Yeah. They're practically just saying yeah, I'm a witch and I'm just an object. Sometimes you use me up and it hurts, but you know what? I deserve it. Yeah.
1: That's my cross to bear and I'll just suffer for you. Speaking of how the witches are kind of objectified, she has like an assistant who's the third and I use this finger quote's main character because she literally has like no plot relevance. Nata, She's just there to deliver like plot lines and like yeah. kind of just save the day when it's needed because our main characters really would have already probably died. So she's like the medic, she's the researcher but she just doesn't contribute anything
2: she kind of has like the background information mm-hmm. we were waiting for that like the manga could have told us and not told the main characters but they decided to fold it into two excuse me into one and
1: she's not important
2: there you have it not uh...
1: bazinga
0: <laughs> uh, she's somebody there who understands witches
2: Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to know more about her though Because she's like a field medic or something And then she's also like sneaking into back rooms And picking locks Like is she a spy? What's happening? I <laughs> want to know more about her
0: Honestly, she probably should have been the guardian
1: Yeah Why do you need a personal assistant and a guardian? Because a guardian's not doing much anyway The Mega can't do that because it doesn't like women Absolutely it Needs a man
2: You gotta have a man <laughs> in this role
1: I need a big strong man to do the magic
2: But instead you get a twink Sorry. <laughs>
1: I thought we'd escape that from when we were told of Beast Children. Oh, we're never going
0: to escape it, David. Ever.
1: <laughs> it was weird reading a manga that was a fucking garbage fire like Beast Children. <laughs> <laughs> was it not a garbage fire? Was it? Shh, no spoilers, dude. Ooh. Nah, I'm just kidding. To continue on to the characters, come Jason, we like to talk about Drake. You mean Dr. Abe Lincoln?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for reading my mind. This was maybe my favorite. Dr. Abe Lincoln, aka Drake Mardock.
1: Drake a ham Lincoln. <laughs>
2: Drake a ham Lincoln. So Drake is everything I like about most kind of characters of this caliber. He kind of shows up randomly, in my opinion, and he has these really cool syringes, can kill the evils, which is also really cool. You know, we never go into more detail on that either, but that's okay. Basically, just a little bit of a plot device. He kind of advances the story based on both the main character skills and how to apply them and use them and be better fighters and all that. He has that kind of book smart archetype that is present in all anime and manga, which is like this kind of sleepy eyed, vacant stare but also smart and also somehow strong at the same time. His cane doubles as a sword, which I always love. That is something you can put in any kind of media ever, and I'll be like, great, great idea. Perfect idea, never been done before, I'm sure. I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm.
0: I actually liked his cane a lot, because on the end of his cane, he has a bony hand. (laughs) Like, just like the bones of a hand. And so when he pulls out his sword, it's like he's shaking hands with it.
2: It was really cool. He also goes into kind of how the guardians can harness magic as well, Mm -hmm. using these kind of little seeds that I guess you get from plants, I think.
0: So my big issue with his design, his design kind of hammers home how these witches are not viewed as human beings. Right. Around his neck, I don't know if they directly say it, but it's pretty heavily implied that he has the skull of his witch that he loved, Mm -hmm. which implies that the bone on the hilt of his cane sword is his lover's hand. It just feels so fucked up. Yes, Like a taxidermy thing. Like, imagine you walked in somewhere and you were just like, yeah, I loved my wife, but when she died, I just turned her skull into a necklace so she'd always be around me, like a piece of jewelry.
2: In some kind of media, there's always, like, the crazy quote-unquote person who loved so much that, like... You know, instead of cremating their loved one and putting them on a mantle like a decent and or regular person, they decided, oh yeah, I'm just keep my wife's head in a jar. Because that's something we all do, right? You don't have your wife's head in a jar? Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: often mounted.
2: Ooh, yikes. Well, ignore that and also ignore the full-body plaster I did of her in my closet. <laughs> I think that they wanted to make him seem so deeply impassioned for his witch that he did something crazy that I don't think fits the character, but fits kind of that trope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Shaman King has a character kind of like this. Faust, I think his name is.
1: Oh, that's who I was thinking of. The like crazy doctor guy who like carries around his like wife's skeleton.
2: He's hot.
0: That's the character that this should be. In Shaman King, he's treated like a creep, because he's a creep. But in this, he's not at all treated like creepy. Yeah.
2: You didn't say he's hot. You have to say it, or else I'm the crazy.
1: Eh, He doesn't look bad.
2: Drake was hot.
1: (laughs) I'd be the Josh to his Drake, if you know what I mean.
2: That's incest.
1: (laughs) They weren't biological
0: brothers in the show. (laughs) He's just my stepbrother. Haven't you watched porn? That
1: doesn't count. Stepbrother, stepbrother, I got stuck in the game spear. <laughs> oh, God.
2: I don't like this at all.
1: <laughs> do you guys have more to say about about Abraham Lincoln?
0: I do. Tommy Jace, you mentioned how he kind of shows up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So he shows up and saves them from monsters, but it's more accurate to say that the monsters show up out of nowhere. Like, they're walking, you see nothing around them, and then all of a sudden it's like they just teleport in. That is true. And then just out of nowhere, oh, hey, they're done. Because he threw syringes like shuriken and put them to sleep. Mm -hmm. The last thing is they train him by fighting for three days. And at the end of the three days, he's like, I've taught you everything I know. And I'm just thinking, so you didn't know that much then?
2: That's all I got. Yeah.
1: Literally, this is a dude who didn't even know like the most fundamental concept of it. And now he's like, oh, you bested me. I mean, he's like, does it with a wink. But I think the writer is like, "Ah, fuck it. That's good enough. Yeah. So there's two other characters I consider main characters in the series. Claude and Spica. Are they main characters? I mean, they joined the party. It's not like Aqua where she showed up, joined the party, and the manga ended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so my issue with Claude is that Claude is kind of this you-must-follow-all-the-rules kind of guy. Like The most lawful good guy ever. Yeah, he is. One of the big issues with this is that a lot of it is so bad at setting things up and all the characters come off as generic. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really describe him other than just saying he's a stickler for the rules. I thought what was kind of interesting about him was that uh um, he follows the rules because he feels that that's the only way that weak people can survive in the world. And he views the witch as this weak person that he must protect. The witch being Speak up mm-hmm. is a witch where she controls gravity. And there's a part where um, Claude throws up a bunch of dirt clods in the air. Or, like, Mm -hmm. pebbles, and she just makes them weigh a lot. Mm -hmm. So then they fall on Fafner, and it's like, Oh, man, all these rocks are hurting me.
2: They're so heavy. (laughs) I think they would have been better as the main characters in this scenario. Simply because they have the dynamic of we were childhood friends, which I think works for a story like this. I think it works better, rather, for a story like this. Simply because you get the kind of human element to them Mm -hmm. right out of the gate, rather than, you know, a couple pages after the fact. And you also get the backstory. You can expound on the world as a whole by going back a little bit and looking at their um, dynamic together or you could formulate more characters if you go backwards. There's not much to do with Fafner and Manasfa because they're just kind of like, yeah, I we have to work together cuz that's what the government says.
0: I really do believe that this manga was intended to be a very different thing than it wound up being. Yeah. And I feel like Fafner and Manasfa were created for what it was originally supposed to be, whereas Claude
1: and Spica were created for what
0: it became.
2: Mhm.
1: That's a good thought. To get into the author, the creator of the series, his name was Asashi Sakano. So he was the assistant for Yuki Tabata, who made Black Clover, which is a really popular series that's actually running in Shonen Jump right now and has an anime that's been going on for a few years. So it's interesting to have an connection of a series like Zipman, where they were kind of the protege of a much more famous and popular manga creator. Guardian of the Witch originally premiered as a one-shot pilot in Jump Giga, a different magazine, but unfortunately I couldn't find a translation of it anywhere. Also made a short series called Kuno no Shinobi, and a three-chapter series called Fire Beast Allen. Fire Beast
0: Alan? Hey, what's up? I'm a fire beast. My name's Alan.
1: <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? i turn turned into fire. I'm like a beast or something. Oh, I'm a water beast. Jeremy, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Wind Beast Tyler coming through. Oh, and there's that Earth Beast Ryan. What's up, my dude?
0: But of course... We must band together to fight the fifth beast,
1: the steel beast, Greg. Dude, I literally was going to say steel beast, Greg. (laughs) That's kind of scary.
2: By your might combined, I am Captain Planet.
1: All right, write this down, Jordan. That's the next series we're going to make. And then in terms of technical details of the series, the run date was February 3rd, 2020 to June 22nd, 2020. So this is definitely the most recent cancellation. And it ran for 19 chapters and 3 volumes. In terms of popularity, it's like best, I think was like 13th place, and it actually hit last place pretty consistently. Ooh. For reference, listeners, the first 8 issues are not rated, so there's an 8-week lag. And then usually if you're out of the top 10, you're probably red flagged for potential cancellation, so this series was really on its deathbed for the entire run.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. I do not see
1: this manga getting particularly popular. Yeah. I'm curious why it got three volumes instead of two when it didn't do any better than, like, Zipman. Zipman actually did better than this because Zipman premiered at 10th place.
0: I think that the first chapter of had enough promise where people were willing to see where it was going. Mm-hmm. Comedy
1: Jace, do you have any thoughts?
2: not good at this kind of part.
1: Well, just pretend then I never asked.
2: (laughs) Well, I do think, just based on how the flow of the story goes, Mm -hmm. that there might have been some initial ideas about where the story was going to go, Mm -hmm. and then maybe they had to make some really quick changes, and eventually it just kind of dipped.
1: Yeah, so one thing we've noticed in a lot of these series is that once they see they're kind of on the chopping block, they kind of do like a Hail Mary. Robot Laser Beam is probably the biggest example where they had a massive time skip once the popularity started waning, which kind of made the series actually worse. But it's interesting to see the correlation of plot development versus these like popularity metrics. Right. I think that ties in really well into the next section, which is why it failed. Oh boy. <laughs> The fun part. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's favorite section. Though Actually, my favorite is how I would have reworked the series. I like this one. <laughs> I will happily let you lead us off.
0: So one of the things that kept happening, and this is kind of the core issue that is the ultimate reason why I don't like this comic, which is that I feel nothing. Like, this manga tries to have these uh, emotional, climactic moments at certain points, and I just feel nothing. I think we're supposed to feel something when they pass Drake's test, but, like, there was no real build up to it drake showed up out of fucking nowhere we're like just introduced that these guardians and witches are like part of a two-team fighting force. Mm -hmm. So we really don't have any kind of idea about
1: why we should care. Mm -hmm. One thing with that moment as well was I thought it was just really dumb how the main character is like, oh, I have failed them. I can't defeat these monsters. I'm like, dude, you just got like a really, really intense battle with someone who's substantially more experienced and stronger than you that you've somehow managed to pull a tie out of. Why are you being hard on yourself? You haven't failed anything. Like this is like, I just ran a marathon. Why can I not sprint this 5k? And really, like, oh, I can wonder why. At one point, the
0: witch mentions, oh, I'm so useless. I can't do anything. I'm like, you could shoot fire. Yeah. You could shoot a big burst of fire. The- what are you talking about?
1: Fire has absolutely no offensive capability. No, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Doesn't hurt at all. Fire? What's that? That's the stuff that cooks your food? That's all it does, right? I
0: think the actual biggest reason why I feel nothing when I'm reading this comic is that everything is just so fucking generic. At every point, every point you think this manga is going to do something interesting. Instead, it just picks the most generic Mm -hmm. option with the whole premise. I think what happened was the guy who wrote this, the mangaka, felt that he wrote himself into a corner at the end of the first chapter so full disclosure i skipped the third chapter by accident the first time i was (laughs) reading this and the third chapter is the first time they introduce the concept of this team battle so in the fourth chapter one of the bad guys shows up out of nowhere and to me reading this like what the fuck is this is this zatch bell is this manga
1: fucking zatch bell And then it just turned into Zatch (laughs) Bell. For sure. Tommy Jace, what are some areas you feel like it didn't do very well?
2: I had a hard time following the dialogue. Yeah. I feel like in some cases there were too many dialogue boxes or... It wasn't very clear who was talking, even if there was the nice things they would do where they would put the character's, like, portrait inside the bubble, which was okay. But there were also these points where there was, like, an action scene and someone's bubble was going on, and I was like, okay, but who's that again? (laughs) Like, (laughs) which one's talking? I guess stylistically I had an issue, I guess, with just how the mangaka decided to set up the squares.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, which brings into another huge issue. What Mm -hmm. you just mentioned where it's like there's a thought bubble and then they just have a little stylized face of the person saying it or thinking it drove me fucking crazy. Sure. Because... It's just the laziest way you can display dialogue ever. Yeah. There are a lot of pages towards, not even towards the end. It starts like pretty early on after the first chapter. The first chapter, the author clearly put a lot of effort into the art and then just never put even remotely that same amount of effort into the art after it. Like there are so many pages where all of the drawing is just, you might see a character from behind. One of the panels is all black with like a white little gradient in the middle for for no reason with just dialogue boxes around it yeah or there'll just be like shots of the sky with dialogue boxes all these weird little tricks to avoid having to draw the character talking <laughs> and it drove me fucking
1: insane the author really like looked down at the readers like for instance something i'll go into more is i think he's a better writer than he thinks he is but he just really just had to have like no self-esteem in his writing <sighs> So much. There was just so much, like, tell, don't show. This little moment that stood out to me was literally the main character's reading a shopping list, and you see him with bags, and they still have an arrow saying, oh, it's a shopping list. And I'm like, yeah, fucking no shit. He just said, oh, this shopping list has a lot on it. And he's literally shopping.
2: Yeah, they tried real hard.
1: Dude, that reminds me. This manga has
0: no idea how to tell a joke without over-explaining the shit out of it. Was there humor in this? There was attempted humor. (laughs) So they're facing off against the first Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Whose name is Gen or Jen or whatever. I, d- I don't know. And at one point, Manasfa calls him, I don't like you. You're just a shorty with an undercut. And then there's an arrow that points to him saying, shorty with undercut. And then Fafner says, wow, her insult was just describing him. I guess she must be angry. And it's like, I get it. <laughs> I get the joke. I can see that he's short and he has an undercut. It's right there. That character also brings me into one of my other big issues with this comic that we we touched on earlier this manga hates women and nowhere is it more evident than the fact that this guy's guardian ruri her power is that she hurts herself in order to summon like steel weapons for jet so there's literally a point where she makes herself get into an iron maiden torture device
2: which they call by the way the steel maiden
0: yeah because she has power over steel Yeah, that's totally different. So she gets in a torture chamber and Jen straight up says, Yup, it utilizes her pain and transforms it into stronger magic. Dude, why did you write that? It's basically just the power that women have are to suffer. And through their suffering and endurance, they make the men stronger. And it's so heavily gendered. Like, they call it a witch. You mentioned it before, uh, Kami Jace. Like, the witches are always women and the guardians are always boys.
2: Yeah, thanks for that.
0: A witch is
1: just a tool. You just use it till you throw it away.
2: And the guys always refer to them as tools or weapons.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. You literally compares it to like a sword. Where it's like a sword gets rusty, you throw it away. A witch, you know, gets burnt out. Mm-hmm. You execute her. It. It's just how it is. This really doesn't
0: jive at all with how the guardian-witch relationship had been set up until this point. It seems to be that a guardian is a guardian who somewhat cares about the witch. And apparently the witch's power is necessary to keep a town safe safe but he's just going around using her power is he even in the town where he's supposed to be the metal guy he was like a or higher guardian witch pairing yeah or they like imported him from a different city yeah it's almost like this manga does a bad job at establishing things or explaining things oh god yeah
2: they do make a point to try and say that the only reason the guardian is the one who kills the witch is because of the special bond yeah But then, also, we have a replacement one for you. So, which is it?
0: In the early chapter, they describe how you make a witch, which is that you inject a young girl with the seed of evils, which, by the way, evils play, like, no role in this. If you forget, because we described it so early on, and it was so generic, the evils are these monsters that are attacking the town, and they're completely irrelevant to the plot in, like, any meaningful way. Implication that they take young girls and inject seeds into them.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad.
2: <laughs> Terrible.
0: They take like three thousand women, and of them, most of them die from the evil, and then of them, most of them go insane. And it, like the idea is that after using three thousand young girls, most of them die, except for like one or two people wind up becoming witches. But towards the end, it, there are a bunch of times like when we talk to speak up. Yeah. Spika mentions how, oh, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a witch. Or how Manasva talks about how she wanted to be a witch when she was growing up. And, like, that is not at all... How you set up witches, you set up witches as this horrible pariah character that nobody wants to be mm-hmm. It's just
1: ridiculous, like that's all you can say. One thing that really stuck out to me is that their overall plan to try and find like a cure for the witch seed corruption made no sense in that why would the church be against that? Yeah, <laughs> because at the end of the series, they find a cure where it's like a ring that suppresses it, and that a hundred percent lets them maintain the current system but removes the problem. So if the church had just pursued the solution, there would have been no problems. There's a witch who manages to like live substantially longer than every other witch so they want to meet her to find out what's going on and it turns out like they use her essence to make a cure. So why did the church hide the fact that witches can live longer and never pursue a cure themselves? Because witches are extremely rare They have an entire crazy infrastructure designed around it that clearly doesn't work very well instead of just actually solving this problem.
2: To Jordan's point, I think that this story was meant to be something different. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if it had gone on longer than it did, we probably would have found out some other information about, like, why the churches were against it and who the retired witch was, who they drew. Like, there was a character for this woman, and it was there. We were supposed to meet her at some (laughs) point. But it It seems like because they ended it as abruptly as they did, we don't get that. We don't get to see why the church was in on it, if they were. I don't want to speak for the mangaka, but... They were in on it.
1: Well, here's the thing is the main church guy shows up at the very end when they announce the cure. Yeah! And they're, like, in good terms with him now, so clearly he had no issue with this.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's the guy who was like, no, you must kill uh, Manaspa, and he was this really creepy dude in the first chapter.
2: That's what I mean. I think it's because it had to end that they were like, okay, well, let's bring this guy back.
0: Yeah. The way this manga ends is really funny, like, because the last chapter, there's, like, a three-year time skip, and in those three years they've solved every issue, and now Manaspa is, like, the witch queen or something. Yeah. Who is, like, the last witch, and nobody has to die from being a witch anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, man, going into the objectifying of women, I like how the cure is a purity <laughs> oh, ring.
2: God, yeah, oh, my god, yeah! That's
1: true! <laughs> so they literally do, like, a purity ring ritual to cure the witch, where her guardian has to put the ring on her finger. <laughs> yep. And now she can no longer use her magic.
2: Fafner puts it on her, and then it's over, you don't have to be a witch anymore, but you might have to be a bride? If
1: you want a guardian, you gotta put a ring on it. Yeah.
2: Don't be mad. There's something to the idea that the way
0: these witch and guardian pairs were set up were meant to be some kind of inherent sort of relationship, at least implied. I mean, there's a reason why most of the witch-guardian pairs we talk to in this have some kind of romance.
1: Yeah. So, the series felt like it was like a video game, in that the main character seems to have, like, hit points. And as long as his hit points don't hit zero, he's completely unaffected by any of the actual attacks he's taken. Like, he got impaled by, like, a bunch of spikes, but they were like, oh, he tanked the damage, so he literally has, like, absolutely no wounds on him despite being impaled. Yeah, well, he has armor, David. And there's literally a magic point system where the witch has, like, a meter that if the meter gets too high, she can't use magic anymore.
0: Yeah, that's another thing they introduce about two-thirds through the manga, and suddenly becomes very important. Mm -hmm. It does the thing that you've mentioned before where it runs on a stamina system.
1: I was about to say, yeah, our favorite term, stamina, where I can't think of anything creative to make the fights interesting, so I'll add a useless metric saying, oh, they're in danger of hitting this metric, so this fight will no longer be in their favor. Yeah, now she's tired. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh, she
0: collapsed now. That's the biggest issue. It's so generic. I feel nothing.
1: Why don't we shift gears until what it did well? So I'll knock things out. I actually think the chef's kiss for the series, I want to actually give to see the initial color page. That was like heads and above, better than I was expecting art-wise, like really good use of color, just well composition. And that just set the bar way too high for what I expected the art to be, yeah. which the series t- did not follow. But that definitely was like actually of very high quality and not just like good for what it was.
0: I have some good things to say about that first chapter. I really do. I think there is some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. I think the first chapter sets up an interesting kind of this guardian has to kill this witch and but I think the art in the first chapter is well first of all way better than it becomes the characters are drawn way better there are way more interesting shots and way more interesting angles the background characters are drawn in a way that makes them look like people there's backgrounds everywhere like mm-hmm. even the design for the tower in which the witch is held is this really interesting structure it looks like they combined a bunch of different houses together into this strange tower structure and that kind of attention to detail or creativity does not show up anywhere else. That's the thing though it's like
1: if I rebooted this I would have let him keep drawing it because he clearly can draw to a, like, good enough quality. Unlike, say, like, Golem Hearts, where I would have said they needed to find new artists, because he just isn't that talented.
0: When I went from Beast Children to first chapter of Guardian of the Witch, I mean, I'm pretty sure I sent you a message going, like, man, I'm so glad we're doing a manga with good art. And then you read the
1: second chapter. Yeah! I was just like, oh, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kami Jace, how about you? Anything positive? The way they drew the items, the kind of markings they drew... What do you mean by items? So they had, what, the magic gauge, they had... The sword and the skull for Drake. Yeah. Even the Guardian's sword, Fafner's sword, was pretty cool. The outfits were really well done, I thought. I thought it was, stylistically, I thought it was very cool. He definitely had something, excuse me, the mangaka had some kind of idea, and they went with it, and they drew whatever style that they thought fit the character. And to their point, I think they did that very well. I think everything that was worn and everything that was seen from each character fit the character well. Yeah.
0: So there's a saying among musicians where you spend your whole life writing your first album and then you have a year to write your second yeah and i feel like that is so relevant here Mm. because i think the biggest issue is that this guy is just not good at writing under a crunch which you know that's really tough big thing with shonen jump is they expect you to have a new chapter like every week those evils they show up out of nowhere they're not relevant to the plot They do look kind of cool, though. Mm -hmm. They look like these big, weird, misshapen monsters, and it's clear that the author put effort into it. And when he's able to put thought into it, it just seems to be more interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. Tommy, Jace, why don't you start us off? Because it sounds like you have a ton of ideas of what you would have done to reinvent
2: it. Yeah. To start with, I think making Claude and Spica the main protagonists would have worked better simply because they have the element of childhood. You know, they, they have a history together. They are already established as a workle pair because of that. You can also go back and add more elements if you kind of do a flashback scene, you know, like a lot of manga or anime do, where they add in some random characters here and there that weren't in the backstory before, but they're in the backstory now, Um and it kind of helps flesh out the world and it helps f- flesh out the pairing. I also think that if they were still going to go with Fafner and Manasva, having them stay in the city a little longer would have been a much better plot idea before they journey off to wherever. Maybe having Nata still in the series because I like her, but maybe have her go and sneak off sometime during the city exploration, I guess. Maybe they're trying to dig up some information and then Nata goes to do her lockpicking thing. Also, more about Nata, please. They describe her as a maid, but she's clearly so much more than that if she has, like, lockpicking skills and... All this kind of, like, deep information about the layout of the land. And, you know, she knows exactly which route she ne- we need to go to to get to the last city that they're supposed to go to. She has a lot of information and a lot of moxie. Mm-hmm. I've been leaning on that word a lot lately. <laughs> she has a lot of character in her, and we don't get to see any of it because yeah. she's just the caretaker. Like, I think she's got way more to her than just that. And she would have made a good guardian.
0: She has agency and a level of confidence and determination that definitely no other female character has in this.
2: She seems like a liaison between the church and the witches. She seems to be the caretaker because she's also reporting back to the rector, I think they called them, which is a weird name. You know, they introduced the idea of artifacts kind of early on, and one of the artifacts is the ability to record people with a ring, which I thought was the stupidest thing ever.
0: You just totally reminded me that there's a moment in the first chapter where somebody hands Fafter after a, a- ring that has the ability to play video yeah (laughs) and they call it they call it video
2: there's a whole section where they show the recording from the ring and it's Manasfa getting undressed and even fafner's like i didn't know you were into this guy like this is weird
0: yeah and the point is to show that her body's covered in markings but the real point is to show her taking off
1: her clothes she had just gone her physical, so why didn't they just take it from, like, her medical record? They didn't need a creepy way of knowing what she looked like undressed. Yeah, what the
2: fuck? And to that point, Nata is obviously supposed to be some kind of liaison. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't she just go back and say, Hey, Rector man, it's pretty bad. Then take the story off the rails if you felt like it. Yeah. Also, I don't feel good that they just called it a video, but that's another thing.
0: <laughs> Here's another thing. Why did they have to hide from Manasva that Fafner has to kill her? She knows she has to be killed. Nada knows she has to be killed. They're both totally fine with it. First of all, why are they keeping it a secret from Fafner? Yeah, that's like a day one thing. When you're getting the Guardian, when you're getting somebody whose job it is to kill somebody,
1: don't you want to make sure that you're getting someone who's able to do the job?
2: And then he didn't do it. So like, to your point.
1: (laughs) He's like, yeah, I guess I'll just completely overturn my sworn duty and just completely destroy my life for no real reason. For someone I didn't really like anyway.
0: Yeah, it's just such a dumb system. Like, hey, how about instead of getting, like, some cold-blooded killer, let's get a kid and make sure that he builds up a relationship with this person mm. for a long period of time, and
1: then tell him he's supposed to kill her. Yeah. Why would that backfire? It makes sense with the metal dude. Like, the metal dude, I could see, like, as much of as the shitty characters he was, he's someone that you're like, oh, 100%, he will kill that witch as soon as he needs to. Right. Speaking back to Nana, I think it would have been cool, actually, if she was actually, like, a spy for the church, and that's how they kept finding them. Yeah just do like something
2: i guess the last thing i would do is just make sure there's a clear enemy because there really isn't one in this we feel like the enemy is the church because that's who they're avoiding in the first mm-hmm. place but then they just kind of throw antagonists at the protagonist and said it's just like here's some bad ones beat them up maybe they're good we'll find out later except we don't here's a bad guy he's got a top hat <laughs> on he's a real baddie you know he's a baddie
1: oh i know you think he's <laughs> oh, a baddie man we're gonna get some Tommy jace x drake fanfiction. <laughs>
2: baddie with a d instead of a b but then he turned out to be like an okay guy and then you get to the last people and like yeah you fight them for a while yeah come to resolutions over punching each other but then they're good guys and then the bad guy in that one actually was the church so then it's like okay that that confirms my suspicions there. And then it ends.
0: <laughs> the bad guy who represents the church, by the way, is the most obviously drawn bad guy I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh, yeah. His
0: intro is him killing a snake and drinking its blood. The way that they just draw his face, he just has a really creepy fucking
1: face. And
0: as soon as I saw him, I was like, hmm, I wonder
1: if he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. One thing I also want to point out is if you were to rebuild the series, maybe don't make it that the bad guys are right. Their concern that these witches turn into monsters is 100% valid. The main character's family is killed by a witch that turned into a monster. They are completely right to say we need to execute these people before they kill people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like the X-Men problem. It's not a great metaphor for gay people because if being gay gave you the ability to kill a shitload of people with your eyes, then maybe we might have a different relationship here. I would improve it by doing what I thought that this comic was going to do for one thing, which is I would make it so they didn't leave the town. The town at the beginning, the author clearly put a lot of effort into thinking about it and then he just abandons it. I think it would be so much more interesting if Fafner and Manasva and Nata had to hide from the church while still being in the town. Because then you would also have a bunch of things where we learn more about how they relate to the people around them. Like, we would learn more about how Fafner interacts with the people in his squad. Mm-hmm. We would run into a situation where Nata would be like, should I communicate with the church or not? Should I be with Manasfa through this? Should I be branded a traitor? And Manasfa would also be like, should I kill myself or not? Because she's a witch. <laughs> Life's a witch, you know. <laughs> Ooh,
1: that's what I would have called the series.
0: I just feel like they picked, the author just took an easy out. Yeah. They could have had the church call in witches and guardians from other towns they mentioned oh we can just get another witch no problem once she goes yeah if you're gonna have this witch guardian pair you could have that fucked up gen guy who's like abusive towards his witch coming in to try and fight them yeah for sure and then we would be in a setting that we understood and we would learn more about it instead of just like going into totally underdeveloped and less interesting towns
1: mm-hmm he just didn't care enough to put in the effort to make the other towns interesting.
0: I genuinely think that he made them leave that town because he realized that that's what he would have had to do and he just thought that would have been too hard. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, Jordan, would you have said that if you were to reboot it, you would have just kept the entire first chapter as it is before they leave the town? Yeah. The one thing that would have totally
0: changed this manga and made it better
1: would absolutely
0: have been just to continue off from the first chapter.
1: I like that idea a lot more than anything I thought of. Kami Jace, any final thoughts in terms of how uh, things you would have, like, done to have done the series differently.
2: Do more with the artifacts? Mm -hmm. They kind of show two artifacts at the beginning, and that's the ring that doubles as a video-slash-radio thingy. And then at the end, they show, like, a flying car let's call it the car also turned into a robot and then that was it and i was (laughs) like okay is there more of these also can we use them to fight the evils instead of the witches
1: yeah because that was one thing that brought up is that the main character wants a replacement for the witches but he doesn't say what's a substitute because clearly humans without the use of magic are not equipped to deal with these monsters hey
0: i just remembered how drake took out like three evils with like no effort yeah
2: Used like a potion. He's freaking Alan Rickman in a top hat.
0: So clearly, we can deal with them without torturing little girls into being
1: witches. Yeah, Dave, what was your idea? The first thing is, I actually thought of a different name for the series. I was going to call it "The Last Witch," which I think just sounds not as generic as "Guardian of the Witch." Mm-hmm. And really, just go full force in the power system. You know, yeah. have it show that it's about this emotional connection. Have the turmoil of the main character having to decide if he needs to kill the witch to save the city or save her to you know for a potential future really affects the relationship and i was wondering before you guys really like talked about how there's like this kind of weird sexual overtone mm. i thought it might have been cool if she actually looked a lot like his sister that died and that could have added like this really interesting element to the relationship and he out of duty kill this witch that reminds him so much of his sister and i think that would have been an effective way to add a lot of turmoil without actually having to do a lot of characterization oh, yeah Yeah, you know, the big
0: problem with calling it The Last Witch versus Guardian of the Witch is that The Last Witch implies
1: that it's about a woman, which is weird, because Guardian of the Witch proves this about the male guardian. That is true. I actually had a note saying this manga wasn't a sausage fest, but now I'm like, oh, they they lose all their credit because all the women are still treated like objects. Yeah. I think Golem Hearts is the only manga that actually (laughs) respects women we've read so far. It's kind of true. So let's move on to the miscellaneous thoughts. And so one thing I had spent a lot of time thinking about was really just what art style. Mm -hmm. And I want to say out of everything, I think D. Man is the series that most makes me think about this series. That's bad. All I know about D. Gray is a, a huge ripoff. There was like a huge plagiarism scandal, but like the main character has like this weird like facial scar, and like all the characters wear a lot of black, and they're like really skinny. Mm-hmm. So it just reminded me of like these weird like noodle proportions everyone has in the show too.
0: I mean, the art style just feels very generic. Uh, not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. If I tell you to think of a Shonen protagonist, you'll probably think of somebody who looks like Faft. Yeah. It's not like One Piece where, like, obviously that's a very uh, specific
1: stylized thing. One thing also I thought that was cool is, did you notice the map is literally of, like, England? When she says they have to go to seven villages? No. And they even show the, like, Ireland, North Ireland border, because apparently that's, I guess, still a complicated political situation in this series. I had no idea. One of our things was, how did they find 3,000 12-year-old girls in one city-state when the city seems to look like they have a population of maybe, like, 50,000 people?
2: It did look like he drew a whole lot of girls. <laughs> yeah. Also, that scene was super jarring because it was like a whole lot of girls but also they were like 12 and also most of them dead yeah that was the choice you did not have to draw that but you did
0: like, the rock that this manga hinges on is
1: female suffering. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. Really, this dude probably really just hated women. He's probably, like, an incel manga author. Ooh, yikes. One day we will be talking about Tokyo Shinobi Squad. That is the manga I think we've most been saving for a special occasion, where it's literally this, like, alt-right manga that somehow was published in Shonen Jump. You see, because of immigration, Tokyo has the highest crime rate in the world. God. Do you guys have any miscellaneous thoughts before we turn it to Final Verdict?
2: I just kept thinking, like you, about what anime and what manga that was making me think of as a whole. And very quickly I thought of a certain magical index, Black Clover, which is uh, like I didn't realize how obvious it would be until you mentioned the author working mm-hmm. and uh, fairy tale. I thought mm-hmm. immediately of those three and how they approach this particular kind of idea much better. <laughs>
0: My miscellaneous thought is something that I just have to say, which is that there's one panel where Fafner is supposed to be standing on, like, I guess, like, a row of dirt mounds, and it really just looks like he's standing on a piece of matzah. <laughs> Final verdict. Why don't you lead us off, Jordan? This is a fucking flop because it's just so boring <laughs> and confusing and, like, so mediocre. It's not even that it does a bunch of things bad. It just doesn't do enough things good. Yeah. I would also agree I would consider this a flop.
2: hmm
1: And it sounds like you agree as well, comment, Jason. Yeah, it's
2: pretty floppy in my book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the thought I have on it is I feel like this is the bad series that every writer has to get out of their system to make something better. Mm-hmm. Because I think, really, if the offer had someone that was like, no, that's dumb, no, that's dumb, do this, do this, they would have really made an interesting series, but they just didn't have that person. It's like George Lucas with the original trilogy, where he had, like, a lot of really great ideas and a ton of shitty ideas, and there were people helping him only keep the good. And this writer needed someone like that. The writer, he just
0: kept abandoning everything before he was able to really flesh it out.
2: Yeah, things seem very unfinished. I would probably attribute it to Time Crunch. Exactly.
1: So the last two parts of this is just how would you guys describe the series in six words?
2: Has potential, still falls pretty short.
1: Zatch Bell, but even more boring. Kill all witches, comma, I mean safe. I
0: like that because it reminds me of Lionel Hutz from uh, The Simpsons where it's like, Kill all
1: witches? No, save. <laughs> so for the last little bit before we do our sign-offs and shout-out, Jordan, how does this compare to our current champion of Shonen Flop, Robot Laser?
0: Not better than Robot Laser Beam.
1: All right, well, there you go, guys.
0: <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that comparison? It's not better than Zipman. It's not better than Golem Hearts. I think it's the second worst manga we've read next to uh, Beast Children. It's definitely better than Beast Children. Jeez. but you wouldn't call this a certified flop. Not like Beast Children, no. This one's more just boring. Yeah. I'm not shocked that this was in Shonen Jump. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that
1: Beast Children was in Shonen Jump. <laughs> so with that in mind, guys, since the series was a flop, what would you recommend to the audience to check out instead of reading Guardian? I
0: think if you are looking for a kind of manga where it's like there's sort of a team and it's like a fighting tournament type thing that they never really got going in this manga, but like kind of more of that situation, I would mm-hmm. recommend Shaman King. I went back and started reading it a little bit mm-hmm. and it holds up well enough. I respect
1: that. How about you, Jay? So
2: I don't read a lot of manga, but I mentioned a certain magical index. Um, mm. I would definitely go for that simply because, first of all, it's a little bit more modern and I seem to like the kind of science versus magic kind of angle it takes. So if you're into that, there's also a lot of spinoffs that kind of expand on the lore of the entire like universe they're trying to build. So there's mm-hmm. a certain magical index and a certain scientific railgun and then there's a third spinoff that I cannot remember, but um it is really good. It kind of takes the same angle of like young teenagers are saving the world for some reason. It's pretty good.
1: That's cool. And then for me, I would recommend Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. That's one of my favorite mangas that never got anime adaptation. I think it was one of the series that's made me cry. And if you want an example of, like, this kind of, like, action partner manga that has extremely strong writing, I definitely would recommend checking it out. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Well, they were trying to make an anime adaption, but I think it was, like, there was a fight over the soundtrack, because they wanted the people that did the soundtrack to fully coolly to do it, and they couldn't get them together, so it was, like, that or bust. Next, let's move to the last section, which is just shout-outs and sign-off. First of all, I want to give props to Jordan for making the awesome theme song that was at the start of this episode. I also want to give props to my friend, Aaliyah Gestel for making the episode's cover. You can find her on Instagram at at Aaliyah Gestel and be sure to check out her stickers for sale. They are super dope. I also wanted to give a thanks to Nigel Francis for commissioning this episode's art coming jace thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks so much for coming on
2: thank you for having me
1: and then are there any projects you're working on that you'd like to give me a shout out to
2: yes so i host the weekly cooldown podcast uh it is a video game podcast you might have heard it been shout out here before mm-hmm. you should give it a listen we talk about video game news we get to know some nerd mm-hmm. certified nerd like stamped usda nerd <laughs> And we get to know the gaming news of the week, we get to know the guest, and it's a lot of fun. Episodes are every Friday. And if you pay close attention to it, you might find a feed drop for another project I'm working on. Details, TBD. Ooh.
1: And then where can they find you?
2: I am on Twitter, at Gaming, or you can find the Weekly Cooldown on Twitter as well, at WK WKCooldown.
1: Awesome. And then I heard your, uh, you hit your 100th episode, and you had a really cool guest on that one. Yeah, I
2: don't know who that guy was, though. I, like, picked him up off the street. <laughs> yeah, his name's David or something. Ah,
1: oh, that fucking David guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then just for some general shoutouts, first I want to give a shout out to my friend Mike McNulty. I look forward to some awesome art coming from him. And he wanted me to say this verbatim. These days, he's mostly doing continuous line drawings with funny stuff written next to them. You can find him on Instagram at mcnult underscore. That is mcnult and an underscore. He wants the regular mcnult handle, but some dude named Peter claimed it. Despite having zero posts, the real mcnult has no idea what the hell this Peter is doing with that username. He tried reaching out to him, but has had no luck. The real mcnult uses this frustration to fuel his art, which once again, you can find on Instagram at at mcnult underscore. (laughs) I love that guy. And then the next one is I want to give a shout out to my friend Randy and Alex they have a podcast the Magic Conch It's time
0: for
2: Piss! What's that?
1: Oh, the Magic
2: Conch podcast.
1: Magic Conch You mean like this? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Magic Conch, the show where Randy and I sit on our asses and talk about absolutely...
2: Nothing. The show has spoken!
1: And then I want to give a shout out to my friends at Manhattan Physical Therapy. They're super awesome. I got into a bike crash and they really helped me heal up a lot. Gave me a lot of really cool services out of the kindness of their hearts. So I just wanted to kind of give back a little bit and just say, if you're suffering from aches and pains trying to get back into running or working and not sure where to start, we have the answer. Check out Manhattan Physical Therapy. Their team of specialists will make sure you're taken care of from day one. They're all about results, making you achieve your goals. And if you can't make it to New York City, they do virtual treatments as well. And you can find them at ManhattanPTandPain.com. That's ManhattanPTandPain.com. And make sure to let them know who sent you. So that would be me, David, from the Shonen Flop podcast.
0: It's like, hey, hey, physical therapist. I was listening to a podcast about manga when they recommended I come see you guys.
2: What was the guy's name? David. I don't know anyone like <laughs> that. You're like,
1: you're like, wait a minute. They make a lot of dumb jokes, and you're like, oh, you're like, yeah, we, we know that guy. I made like a bunch of dumb jokes, and one of the physical therapists sent me like a card saying how much he like enjoys my jokes, and I thought that was really cute. The next thing I want to give is a YouTube poetry channel from my friend Josh hmm. called Minichemical. He's this really soulful guy living in California, just trying to speak his mind through his poetry. And then finally, my friend Tim, his fiancée, Dr. Amoff, wants us all to remember to wear a fucking mask. This is not a joke. Wear a mask if you're going outside.
2: Just put it on.
1: Jordan, is there anything you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah,
0: watch Doro Hidoro on Netflix because I love that manga. I really like the first season, and I would really like a second (laughs) season to happen. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's just starting to get good. It's a CG anime, but it's like the best that that CG
1: anime has ever looked. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend it. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find Shonen Flop on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes. And if you can rate and subscribe, that really helps us a lot and helps us move forward on the ranking. This has
2: been David. This has been Jordan. And this has been Kami Jace. And you've been listening
1: to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers.
2: Yes, son. <laughs>